lecture thirteen part one of the groundwork of the christian virtues by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture thirteen on the foolish vice of vanity part one blessed is the man whose trust is in the name of the lord and who hath not had regard to vanities and lying follies psalm thirty nine verse five vanity or vainglory is the offspring of pride and the eldest daughter of that detestable vice pride is her father self-love is her mother and cobwebs are her clothing she is such a light fond thing that were it not that her seductions weaken and undermine the best-formed minds and hearts both of men and women for her own sake she would be unworthy of any serious consideration a man or woman given up to vanity is filled with light follies unworthy of the dignity of the soul and the noble end for which the soul is created it may be more secret as a rule in men than in women but is not the less dishonest for that reason the objects of vanity may also be different in the two sexes not always but as the current of vanity runs with our pursuits if we compare pride in its elation to a dark swelling wave vanity is the foam upon its surface if we compare pride to a soul-destroying fire vanity is the smoke that flies out of it if we compare that worst of vices to a foul stream laden with death-giving poison vanity is formed of the bubbles that spring up from the noxious gases that mingle with the black current of pride the word vanity sounds of things hollow shallow and trifling but that is no trifle which makes the soul light and trivial and unrobes her of her dignity we shall better understand what vanity or vainglory is after considering the sense of the word vain that is vain which is vacant or devoid of good or which is unstable or unreliable or unsupporting or which has no rational object use motive or end that is a vain thing that fails of its purpose or that will not do what ought to be done or will not support what has need of support vanity is labor in vain and labor in vain is labor without fruit that again is relatively vain which is small trivial or empty as compared with things greater and more worthy and in this sense the sacred scriptures call all creatures as they are objects of desire vain when compared with god and all earthly goods vain as compared with heavenly goods every creature has in it a natural vanity because created from nothing and unless supported by god of its own nature it would go back to nothingness it is vain also because by the mere force of its own nature no creature can come to its final end this can only be accomplished through the action of god's providence and in intelligent creatures by the action of his grace after solomon had meditated on all things in the light of that wisdom which god had given him and had surveyed the world of humanity 
and all the toils and solicitudes of men for the uncertain ever fluctuating and unstable things of this world to the neglect of things eternal and unchangeable he pronounced this solemn sentence vanity of vanities and all is vanity ecclesiastes chapter twelve verse eight but before him the psalmist in his musings on many things had reached the same conclusion nevertheless all things are vanity every man living psalm thirty eight verse six and going more profoundly into the subject st paul declares that the creature was made subject to vanity not willingly but by reason of him who made it subject in hope that is to say the creature made vain in its own nature and become vainer through the fall is made hopeful for a better end especially after the resurrection when all things shall be renewed in christ this the apostle explains because the creature also itself shall be delivered from the servitude of corruption unto the liberty of the glory of the children of god for we know that every creature groaneth and travaileth in pain even till now romans chapter eight verses twenty through twenty two temporal goods are called vain as compared with spiritual goods because they are unsuited to the nature of the soul and therefore do not satisfy the mind or fill the soul because they are uncertain and apt to glide away and because they cheat the hopes entertained of them and bring not the happiness of which we are in search all things are called vain that have much show and little good that look strong and are weak that promise to be satisfying but pall upon the spiritual sense made for eternal things hence the wise solomon again exclaims i have seen all things that are done under the sun and behold all is vanity and affliction of spirit ecclesiastes chapter one verse fourteen in this relative sense the scriptures have applied the words vain and vanity to temporal good as compared with eternal to sensual delights as compared with spiritual to secular science as compared with divine to beauty of body as compared with beauty of soul to labours upon earthly motives in grief and vexation as compared with the cheerful work done for god's sake and to the multiplicity of empty words that fly from the vainglorious as compared with the few and thoughtful sentences of the wise and prudent the words vain and vanity are also attached in the sacred scriptures as hollow qualities to every kind of sin and to every sort of sinner for sin is vain and unsubstantial false in its motive proposing good and doing evil vain also in finding misery when seeking for content the sinner is also vain through his sin losing his foundation in grace and doing nothing to his final end like the passing wind he is unstable like the loose cloud he is unsolid like the lamp hastening to extinction he is expiring from life like some light thing suspended in the air 
he is tossed about by the breath of temptation the book of wisdom says all men are vain in whom is not the knowledge of god wisdom chapter thirteen verse one and the psalmist exclaims man is like to vanity his days pass away like a shadow psalm one hundred forty three verse four the habitual sinner is vain that is to say empty in many ways vain in his mind and imagination vain in his acts and conversation vain above all in his pride and presumption st paul describes the gentiles as walking in the vanity of their mind having their understanding darkened ephesians chapter four verses seventeen and eighteen and the psalmist rebukes the vanity of all sinners o ye sons of men how long will ye be dull of heart why do ye love vanity and seek after lying psalm four verse three after this universal view of vanity as contemplated in the scriptures we come to its specific character as it constitutes a special vice as pride is the inordinate appetite or love of one's own excellence vanity or vainglory is the appetite or love of making that excellence known that it may be seen admired and praised by men whether that excellence has any real foundation or is only imaginary and therefore false as vanity and vainglory are one and the same in different degrees we shall use these two words indiscriminately st bonaventure defines vanity with precision as being the love of one's own praise on account of apparent excellency when the object of vanity is to exalt oneself in the general mind it is fame when admiration is sought to be added to praise it is glory when we seek this exultation among friends it is social reputation or it may be sought in the mind of some individual whose good opinion or praise we covet the ways of vanity are well known to be manifold and the methods by which vanity seeks to gain its ends are very numerous for it is the most subtle elastic and inventive of all human passions it is not however to be assumed that every manifestation of our gifts is vainglorious our divine lord has said let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven st matthew chapter five verse sixteen what is not done from ostentation or to attract notice praise or admiration but purely that god may be honoured is not vice but virtue but the humble make no display they speak not of themselves or their good works except rarely and with careful measure and prudence they leave their works to speak without putting them forward to speak for their author our lord has said on the other hand and with much more emphasis when thou dost an alms-deed sound not a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be honoured by men amen i say to you they have received their reward but when thou dost alms 
let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doth that thy alms may be secret and thy father who seeth in secret will repay thee and when you pray you shall not be as the hypocrites that love to stand and pray in the synagogues and corners of the streets that they may be seen of men amen i say to you they have received their reward st matthew chapter six verses two through five here and also in the exhibition of fasting the motive determines the vice that they may be seen of men and they have already received their reward vanity has received its vain reward vanity may be known as st thomas points out by one or more of these three conditions first when a man vainly glories in what is either wholly or partly false as when he claims for himself some good or gift or ability that he has not got or some virtue that he does not possess or some degree of excellence in these things or in learning skill or accomplishment or whatever else it may be beyond what he can justly lay claim to again if one glories in things as one's own that belong to another or that have been received from another and especially if one puts forward as one's own what has been received from god to such st paul says what hast thou that thou hast not received and if thou hast received why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received one corinthians chapter four verse seven there is a vain glory unhappily too common that boasts of wickedness that was never committed of errors never entertained or of seductions never attempted for vanity like its parent pride is voracious of all kinds of reputation and distinction that may awaken surprise admiration or envy and the vain who cannot boast of good will boast of evil this commonest kind of vanity made up of false pretensions is directly opposed to truth and sincerity as well as to humility and the sacred scriptures call such persons as practise it liars deceivers and hypocrites the greeks give a very fitting name to this vain glory and call it kenodoxia which means the acting apart like performers on the stage though without their justification they are like the jackdaw in the peacock's feathers of the fable and are as readily detected by less pretentious birds although unhappily they can seldom be dealt with in the same way so that they continue unconscious that they have made themselves ridiculous the second mark of vanity is when a man idly glories in things that are not entitled to bring him praise or honour because they are transient and corruptible and imply no merit in their owner such are personal beauty showy ornaments the merits of ancestors or other things that never came of our own virtues or labours again when the vain seek glory from the vain whose opinion has no value to confirm anything who are themselves insincere who commend but to flatter and know that what they say is worthless 
this is one of the common vices of society the third mark of vanity is when a man says things of himself or does acts that are not directed to any good or justifiable end neither to the honour or service of god nor to the utility or good of his neighbour nor yet to his own veritable good but are said or done solely for his own exaltation or vain glory as vanity is not directly opposed to the love of god or of our neighbour it is not in itself as st thomas observes a mortal sin but venial yet in certain cases it is combined with conditions opposed to charity that bring it under the guilt of mortal sin the first of these cases is where the matter on which a man glories is false and contrary to the reverence of god as when the king of tyre lifted up his heart and said i am god and i sit in the chair of god in the heart of the sea ezekiel chapter twenty eight verse two so also when a man glories in the gifts of god as though he had never received them from above again when a man glories in new and false opinions knowing them to be contrary to faith a man also sins mortally if he glories in mortal sins or seeks praise for them whether he has or has not committed them for this is to glory in the mortal offence of god of such persons the prophet isaiah says they have proclaimed abroad their sin like sodom and they have not hidden it woe to their soul for evils are rendered to them isaiah chapter three verse nine and the psalmist says the sinner is praised in the desires of his soul and the unjust man is blessed psalm nine verse twenty four the second condition which makes vanity mortal is when a man prefers the temporal good in which he glories to god of this god himself speaks through the prophet jeremias thus saith the lord let not the wise man glory in his wisdom and let not the strong man glory in his strength and let not the rich man glory in his riches but let him that glorieth glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me for i am the lord that exerciseth mercy and judgment and justice on the earth for these things please me saith the lord jeremiah chapter nine verses twenty three and twenty four the third condition in which vain glory becomes mortal is where the opinions of men are preferred to the testimonies of god this occurs in the vain glories of heresy also when men shrink and draw back from avowing the truths of faith from human respect or neglect their solemn duties to god for fear of human opinion or censure or for the sake of being thought liberal this was the case with those chief men among the jews who believed in jesus but because of the pharisees they did not confess him that they might not be cast out of the synagogue for they loved the glory of men more than the glory of god st john chapter twelve verses forty two and forty three the fourth condition that makes vain glory mortal is when the man makes it his final end and refers his works whether for or against virtue or anything he does 
to the final end of satisfying his inordinate appetite for fame praise or glory st augustine has set forth the evil of this vice and its undermining influence in these impressive terms to seek to be loved and feared by men with nothing else in view but the delight that this may give us is to secure a wretched life of shameful boasting instead of a life of real delight it comes largely of this that men do not love god or chastely fear him therefore it is that he resists the proud but gives his grace to the humble it is needful in the performance of certain human duties that we should be loved and feared by men and taking advantage of this the enemy of our happiness scatters among his snares the exclamations of well done well done and whilst we greedily pick them up we are caught by them and letting our delight in the truth drop from us we take our delight in the deceptive voices of men but in thus enjoying being praised and feared not for god's sake but for our own we have those with us who are like ourselves not in accord with charity but in fellowship of punishment with him who strove to imitate god in a perverse and crooked way and who served that lucifer in cold and darkness who declared he would establish his throne in the north except under the circumstances above stated vainglory or vanity is but a venial sin because however inane it is not opposed either in its object or motive to charity yet it is a habit to be contended against and shunned and suppressed by every effort as weakening to the soul undermining in its influence and shameful in its disorder even good works done from vanity lose their eternal reward as our divine lord teaches us and no one can obtain eternal life by sinning although the sins be venial but there is a consideration of far more gravity so grave that we shall express it in the theological words of st thomas for as much as vainglory makes a man presumptuous and excessively self-confident it disposes the soul to grievous sins and so by degrees to the loss of his spiritual goods for vainglory is a capital sin from which other vices spring and was so treated by the fathers st gregory the great who had a most profound intuition into the ways in which the vices spring out of one another puts pride and self-love by themselves as the sources of all sin and then places vainglory as the first of the capital sins cassian who reverses the order of the capital sins puts vanity or vainglory as the seventh and pride as the eighth in which he undoubtedly follows the method of the ascetic fathers of egypt in explaining the method of st gregory st thomas points out that it is not necessary for a capital sin to be mortal in itself if mortal sins spring from its influence for as he further observes mortal sins spring from venial sin when venial sin disposes the soul to mortal sin st gregory enumerates seven vicious daughters born of vanity 
these are disobedience boasting hypocrisy contention obstinacy discord and the presumption of novelties the descent of these vices from vainglory or vanity is thus explained by st thomas the end of vainglory is to exhibit our own excellence and we may add to assert our own superiority a man seeks this in two ways either in words and this is boasting or by acts which if true but done to excite admiration have always something new and unexpected in them which is the presumption of novelties but if these acts are false and deceptive then it is hypocrisy end of lecture thirteen part one